Praise God. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, you said when two or more are gathered in your name, there you would be in the midst of them. And Lord, Father, we just say right now, thank you. Holy Spirit, come, that you are here with us. Emmanuel, Jesus, God is with us. Thank you, Lord, right now. Thank you, Lord, that you would be so close right now that we would feel your breath upon our face. Thank you, Lord, that you would be so close right now that we would hear the faintest whisper from your heart and they would hear your heartbeat. Like John, we'd be able to rest our head against your breast and hear the very heartbeat of God. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Tonight, fill us, fill us, refresh us. In the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to John 4, 7. I just want to take you through some things tonight and then we'll go from there. This is an incredible story in John 4, 7 because Jesus has just told his disciples to go and they've gone to get food. And Jesus is there by this well. He knows at this very moment this woman's going to turn up. Amen. Do you know that Jesus knows what you're going to do before you do it, what you're going to say before you say it, where you're going to go before you go there? And actually, a lot of the time, he's waiting for you when you get there. And he knew this day this woman would be there. And so we take it up in John 4, 7. It says, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God of who it, or who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everyone say living water. Everyone say water. Living water. And the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is too deep. Where can you get this living water? Everyone say that. Where can you get this living water? I'm glad you asked. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well to drink from itself and did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? And Jesus answered, listen to this, everyone who drinks this water, natural water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know what? In the natural, we need to drink. Is that right? We need to drink water. I think how much of our bodies are just made up of water? I think 99, 95% of our bodies are made up of water. Isn't that right, Haley? And you know what? If we don't drink, our bodies tend to adjust a little for a while. And you can actually get by with a little bit of drink. You can get by with a little bit of water for a while. But after a while, things begin to break down. Amen? Organs don't work as well. You, you know, do you need water? You actually need to drink water for your brain to function. Or you kids at school drink water before you do exams. You need water. Amen? And so... What happens is, and Haley found this out on Friday night, is if you don't drink enough water, eventually you collapse. 
and your body just caves in and says, I need water and you didn't give it to me. And so she found that out. They raced her off to hospital on Friday night and of course they had to put three litres of fluid back into her through an intravenous strip to get her hydrated again. Do you know what? I, I see in my walk so many Christians that are dehydrated. Amen? Especially in this day and age. You know, the Word of God spoke about a time. It spoke about a time where there would be a drought, not of food or of water, but a famine of the Word of God. And people would go from place to place looking for the Word of God, but they wouldn't find it. And that has been my cry and my prayer. And even this week, I've been crying out, God, when people come looking for water in this place, please, Lord, let there be water to drink. Let them not go to another dry well and find that there's only dirt when they are so thirsty. Lord, they're collapsing. The Christian church is collapsing because they're so dry. I speak to people all the time, all the time. How are you going in a Christian life? I'm so dry. I'm so dry. But Jesus said, this water that I give you, if you drink this living water, you will never thirst again. Amen. But there's something about water. You've got to keep drinking it because we leak and we use up the water that is given us and we have to drink water again, living, fresh water. Amen. The Word of God speaks about that deep cries out to deep. And there's a deep place in God, especially at this moment, in this season, where God is calling out to his people to drink again. Deep calls out to deep. Deep calls out to deep. The deep of God, the deep waters of God are calling you in to come and literally submerge yourself in the river of God and find a place of fresh water again. The river of God flows, it says, from the throne of God. From the very throne of God, there is a river that flows. And when we worship God and when we come together and meet together, we should expect that river to flow. We should expect something to happen in this place. Not just another church service, not just another preaching of the word, but we should come in here with an expectation that I'm going to receive living water to me today, to make me live, to make me grow, to make me healthy. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. We need to step out of the ordinary and the expected into the extraordinary and the unexpected. Amen? I don't want ordinary church. I don't want ordinary life. I don't want to wake up in the morning and just do what I expect is going to happen today and just get into some routine. But I want to wake up in the morning with an expectation in my heart. 
God, what are you going to say to me today? What are you going to do in me today? Lord, give me a drink first thing in the morning so that I might have living water that flows inside of me and flows out to those that I touch, those that I'm near. So you don't have to go to work as an ordinary person tomorrow morning. You don't have to wake up in the morning and go, oh, well, another day I'm an ordinary person, but I was extraordinary last night at church, but now I'm ordinary again. But you need to wake up Monday morning and say, God, fill me with that living water so that I might go out into my workplace, into my school, that I might even wake up my children tomorrow morning as a mother and say, woo, bubbling water all over you in Jesus' name. My mother used to wake us up. There were six of us. It was hard to get us out of bed, but she would come around and she would just lick us all over the face, bad breath and all. That gets you up. I would rather have living water than spit out of my mother's mouth any day. Come on. So if we come with an expectation, these are the things that God wants to do. These are the things that he is waiting. He is waiting. Do you realize he is waiting in heaven for you? There is a river that flows from the throne of God. It is flowing all the time. It doesn't stop and start, stop and start. But you know, to get near that river, you've got to come before God. And he's waiting for you to come before him and partake of this river. And we'll talk about that more later. But what he wants to do in this river, number one, we'll put this up, he wants to renew you. How many people here feel like they need to be renewed? Amen. When you're born again, you get a brand new start. Is that right? But we can get stale pretty fast. And so we need to be continuously renewed. Jeremiah 2.13 says this, My people have committed two sins. They have, number one, they have forsaken me. Number one, they have forsaken me. Now that doesn't mean turn your back, walk away from God. Do you know what? You can just go about your everyday life and just forget about God for a day. And so two sins. Number one, they have forsaken me. The spring of living water. See? He's saying he's the spring of living water, and yet we're not going to him. We have forsaken him. We've forgotten him. We haven't gone to that place of living water, that fresh water that flows from the throne of God. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and then it says, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Do you know what? We can like do the Christian life. You know, we can just even read the word. We can even pray and we make our own systems. We can have church services that are nice, good music, you know, great looking people. We can do the whole thing. We can structure it all really, really well. So you come in here, you feel a part of a vibe, you get a bit of a buzz and then you walk out the door, but it's all been delivered out of broken cisterns that cannot hold water because they're cisterns made by man's hands. Do you know what? I don't want anything made out of man's hands. I want something that comes from the very throne of God. I want something. Phil and I, we just all week we just spend time in God's presence so we will bring you something fresh because we never want to bring you something out of a system that we've made out of our own hands that cannot contain water amen amen and you need to do the same thing don't forsake the living water don't make systems for yourself get in the real thing come and feel the real thing you know 
You've got to get the real thing. I hate fake. I hate fake. I, I never want to be a church, ever, ever, ever. When God called us into ministry, and we were praying for 10 years and fasting. God, send someone in a while. Someone, there needs to be a church here. God, we're praying and fasting. God, send somebody. And God just goes and puts a finger on us. And we go, no way, not us. You know, we can't do this. And I said, I don't want to do this. I'll get a tent and go around and preach the gospel, but I'm not doing a church. Sheep bite. And, um, and you know what? And someone prophesied over us and he said, God's calling you to build a church, but don't build it after anything you've ever seen before. Just seek God. Just seek God and just do what God says and just follow him. And that's what we've endeavored to do to the best of our ability. And we're still trying every day on our faces. Say, God, please. You know, I prayed this week on Tuesday, God, you know, just as Moses said, Lord, do not take me from this place unless your presence goes with me. Lord, don't even let me move from this spot unless your presence goes with me because without his presence, it all means nothing. Amen? And we need to carry it as a people. We need to carry it in here and come in and lift our hands and worship God. Wasn't that song great? Jilly just wrote that song. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I love that bridge. I just go, whoa. I feel like I just get lifted out into his presence. The second thing, so the first, first thing was renew. The second thing, refresh. He will refresh you in his presence. And Ezekiel 47 talks about this, this um, Ezekiel being brought into the presence of this incredible being. And this being shows him this river. He shows him the river of God. And then I won't read the whole lot. Oh, yes, I will. I will. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under. Hang on, turn the page. Sorry. The south side of the temple, south of the altar. And then he brought me out through the north gate and he led me around the outside of the outer gate facing east. And the water was flowing from the south side. This is a picture. Ezekiel, a prophet, seeing this flow of this river of God that's going to flow through the house of God and bring healing to the nations. And as the man went eastward, he put his measuring line. And what he does is he measures out and then he draws Ezekiel in and he measures it out and it's watered, the water is ankle deep. And he calls Ezekiel, come, come ankle deep. And that's what the Lord does to us. You know, he calls us when we're first born again. When we're first coming into our new church, come ankle deep. But then he measures out more. He says, but wait, there's more. And he measures it out again. He says, come, come, come. And it says, then it comes up to his loins. The water comes right up. I don't know where your loins are. I think they're around here somewhere. Anyway, and then, and then he says, no, there's more. And he says, come in deeper. And sometimes we can just start to get into the presence of God in our prayer, in our worship, in our church service. And we kind of get in ankle deep and we think that's great. I've been in church services. I've been in conferences where people go, oh, isn't that presence of God so good? And I'm thinking, yeah, that's for ankle deep water. It's good. Let's go deeper, amen. Let's get in deeper. Come on, church. We need to get in deeper. I want to go past the loins. And then he measures it out again. And he says, come on, get in. And then there was this mighty river flowing that you couldn't stand up in. And you know what happens when you can't stand up in a river? You lose control of your own self. 
You, you get out of the way. Suddenly you can't, you haven't got your feet down. You're not in control. You're flowing. You have to flow with the river where it takes you, don't you? When you can't get your feet on the bottom, you either swim with it, can't swim against it, swim with it, or just flow down with it. And when Jesus said, he leads me beside still waters, the great shepherd leads me beside, you know, still waters doesn't mean that it's stagnant. Because stagnant water stinks. It's not living. But a river that is flowing. And when you lay, you know, you ever laid on your back? I, mean, I did it the other day to him Bay. I rang up Phil. I said, Phil, I know I was just supposed to go for a walk on the beach, but I'm just going to do some restoring of my soul for a while. Is that okay? And he goes, take your time. Do it. I'm always nicer to him when my soul is restored. So he goes, restore it, restore it. And so I just, I just walked into the water and just, I didn't care who was around, I just laid on my back and I just floated. Wherever that water was going to take me, I was just going to go. And I said, Lord, you leave me beside still waters. He restores my soul for his name's sake. Let's go deep, amen. Let's get deeper into the water and get refreshed. The third thing, so we've been renewed, we've been refreshed. Sounds good, doesn't it? Revive. Anybody need to be revived? A bit of mouth-to-mouth, a bit of uh, resuscitation. Ezekiel 37 talks about being revived. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. And it was full of bones. Anybody feel like bones tonight? He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very, very dry. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, do you rattle when you walk? I mean, does it sound like the church a lot of the time? Does it sound like your life? Sometimes it sounds like my life. I can't stand being dry in God. You know, I I start to get dry in God. I get miserable because I just miss the feeling of his presence around me. I I can't live without him anymore like that. I can't live a normal life anymore. And he says, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Is that good news? Is that great news? Is it great news that you can come to church and actually come alive? I remember going to church for years back in the 80s when God wasn't moving much and there wasn't much happening in any church and just going to church and coming out of church feeling worse and going, I'm depressed, but I don't want to do that. I want to live here in this place. Give me life. I want to come to life. I want to be raised up with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives and dwells in my mortal body. Then won't he give me life? Won't he breathe life inside of me if I ask for it? Yes, amen. And he says, oh, I'll attach tendons and I'll make flesh come upon you. I'll cover it with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Know that the Lord has commanded it. Do you think that the Lord wants his church to be dry bones Do you think the Lord wants his church to be thirsty and dry and ineffective? No, the Lord wants his church, amen, to be revived. 
Revive me, O God, that I may call upon your name. Revive me, God, that I might... Have you ever been in that place where you can't even call on God's name? I've been there. I've been there in the last week where I just felt so dry and I couldn't even call on God's name. And I said, God, where are you, God? Where are you? And I thought, I am going to go from this place. I'm going to find him. Like in the Song of Songs, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find my beloved. I'm going to go through the streets until I find him because I can't live without him. And so I came down here to this church building, let myself in early in the morning, and I began to just walk the floor and pray and pray and pray until, until, until I found him. Amen. You've got to press in. Phil was saying this morning, you know, if you want more, there is more. There is more. And you know what? When you live on this side, when you live on this side of the river, it's just so beautiful. And you want, you know, ever been and jumped in the water and you've been deliberating, will I go, will I not, will I go, will I not? I mean, all those girls, you know, that feel embarrassed about getting in the water, and, oh, I don't want to wet my hair. I say, Phil, it's just not fair being a girl because you want to go and swim in the water, but you just don't want to do another hour blow-drying. It's just, and so you just get in. I went in the other day and I just had to put my hair up here and just going up to my neck. I said, this is not refreshing at all. So I just ripped the hair out, went down, thought, blow it. And that's, you know. <laughs> but, you know, if you sit, once you get in, you'd think, why didn't I get in here hours ago? You know, why didn't I do this a long time ago? Because this is just so beautiful. And when you finally press in and find the river of God and find that refreshing water, you know, you'll just wonder, what have I been doing in my Christian life? My Christian life seemed all right to me until I found this river of God. And now I just feel revolutionized. And people say that all the time when they come into this house. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is when I, when I was just so dry and I came in this place and I feel like I got revived. I feel like I got renewed. I feel like I got refreshed. And that's because there's a river that flows in this place because there's a people that were hungry for God. And there's a people that will pay a price to let a river flow. There's a people that will live clean lives and pray and worship and make a way for the Lord to come through and touch his people. The next thing he'll do, you ready for the next thing? You sure? The next thing he's going to do, he's going to re-dig. Oh, oh Lord, can't you just leave me as I am? Do you have to really re-dig the well? I mean, come on, the well's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's got a little bit of, little bit of water flowing. A lot of muck, but a little bit of water. And then he says he'll re-dig. You know, in the Old Testament, wells were like the source of life for people. They were really the source of life because they lived in the desert. Amen. And so they, wells were so precious. They were actually a generational inheritance that you would inherit a well. Abraham dug a well and he gave that to Isaac and Isaac gave it to Jacob. And it was a, a precious thing. But you know what would happen if your enemies wanted to destroy you and your tribe? They would just come along. They would stop up the well. They would just put dirt. They would put junk, anything they could find in that well. And you'd be in the desert for days water, water. And then you would see the well and it wasn't a mirage. It was really your well. And then you'd go to the well and you'd go get all your family and all your animals and everything around that well because that was the source of life to everything around your life that lived. 
and then you'd put the thing down and dirt would come up because the enemy would want to destroy you that way. Amen. And do you know that the enemy looks to stop up your well? He wants to stop up your well. He wants to stop up your well with stuff, with, with, with trash. Why do you, every time you turn the station, why do you see a body with blood on it? What is it about this generation and this age that we've got to see gore and garbage and junk and violence and what is that? Because the enemy wants to stop up your well. He wants to fill your well with enough junk that you, the living water can't even flow anymore. And then when people come to drink from you, when they come to your well to get a drink, you have to say, sorry, no water. Got a bit of dust, dirt if you want a bit, but I haven't got any water. And so God comes and he redigs, And that's what they would do. All the families would get around and they would just redig that well until they got every bit of muck and then that beautiful. And when I was praying on Tuesday and I was praying, God, let there be a flow of your water, of your, of your anointing in our house. And I saw like, and, and Trina saw it too, little springs, little springs popping up. And the scriptures talk about springs in the desert springs in the desert just popping up and then I saw them turning into beautiful incredible like gushes of water like when you strike oil you know just gushes of water and people were just getting saturated in the presence of God let's unstop our wells let him redig us let him redig this house let him redig his church let him find the fresh water that flows again and then the last thing that he'll do is he will restore you that's good, isn't it? He'll restore everything that the locusts have eaten from you. You may have felt like you have just been chewed up and spat out. I'm telling you, but I know my God is a restoration God. I know my God will take what you have been through and he will turn it around for good and he will restore everything to you. He restores. He restores Isaiah. 12 and verse 3 says, With joy you will draw water from the well of your salvation. Amen. And if you want to know the best way God restores you is he takes you back to the beginning. He takes you back to the first place. Never, ever forget the well of your salvation. Never forget what he's done for you. Never stop thanking him. How beautiful he is. How wonderful he is. And always, that's why you overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Speak about it, what God has done for you. Speak about how he saved you, how he plucked you out of this place and he put you here in this beautiful land. Amen. With joy, you will draw water from the well of your salvation. Revelations 2.1 talks about this and it says, these are the words to the church in Ephesus he says these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand someone with a bit of authority there holding seven stars in your right hand you think you just want to listen right now and walks among the seven golden lampstands and he says this I know your deeds your hard work and your perseverance many many of us and I am one of them get caught up in doing in caught up in doing. Amen. I spoke to the women on Thursday and I said, there's many things that we need to be in our lives as women. 
We have to put our mother's hat on. Then we have to put our daughter's hat on. We have to put our sister's hat on. We have to put our, our wife hat on. We have to put our work hat on. We have to be all these things. And we keep having to change hats and be these different people in these different roles. But the most important thing I said to the women, you need to be as a daughter. Because you need to find, it said Mary found the most excellent way. And she just sat at the feet of Jesus and was a daughter. Amen. And do you know what? When you're a child of God, when you're a son, when you're a daughter of God and you know it and you draw water from that well of salvation, you don't have to be a human doing. You can be a human being. And you can just be. And there's times to just be. So he says to you, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. Amen. And I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered. You have endured hardships for my name and not grown weary. Yet, he says, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. Listen to me. It's so important to remember your first love. Amen. It's what keeps romance alive. You know, some, we've been watching home videos this last week of when the kids were little and, and it just stirs up so much inside of you. But I look at Phil in those videos, what a beautiful man he is and what an incredible husband he has been, what a great dad he has been to my kids, what a great pastor he's been to this church. And something stirs up inside of me and I remember, I remember my first love. I remember the first time I saw him. I looked into his eyes and knew he was the one. Do you know what? You've got to go back to that place with Jesus and remember your first love and let him love you. Be still long enough that he can love you. He loves all you're doing. He loves all you're serving. He loves what you do even for the house of God. But he doesn't love you because you do. He just wants you to be and let him love you sometimes. Amen. Just be. I just want to read you Revelations 22 to close. And I love this scripture. And it basically talks about the river of God that I've been describing to you. It says, Then he showed me the river whose waters give life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Through the middle of the broadway of the city, also on the other side, the river was the tree of life with its 12 varieties of fruit. This is where you find fruit, love, joy, peace, amen, in this place. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing and the restoration of the nations. Lord, heal our land, we pray, heal our land. But he said, I've provided a river that will give you life so that your leaves would bring healing and restoration to the nations. There will no longer exist anything, any accursed or detestable thing, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall worship him, pay divine honours to him. Amen. And they will see his face, and it goes on. This river, this river that flows from the throne of God, it says it brings life wherever it goes, and it says many fish 
are found in this river of all varieties. Amen? Many fish. And when we come to a place where we allow the river of God, the water of Jesus that never lets us thirst again, when we drink of this water, when we let the flow of heaven flow through us and living water bubbles up out of our very beings and we come to people and water pours out, do you know what happens? Fish come into the house. Fish come into your life. I was laying in my, my backyard one day just worshipping God and just praying. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I just get visions that are right there. It's like, it's like a screen in front of me. It's like technical screen right there. I could touch it like that in front of me. And I'm laying on my kid's trampoline just praying. And I open my eyes and the next minute just like this technicolor film. And the sky's in the background, but I just see thousands and thousands of multicolored, the most beautiful fish just swimming right across my face. And it was so real. I could just go like that. Thousands. And it just kept coming. And then they just kept coming. And they were like in a river and they just kept coming. And they kept coming. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, they're the fish that I'm going to bring into the house of God if you let my river flow through you. And if you let my river touch my people, they will bring in the fish. Multicolored fish. Every kind of fish conceivable will come into the house of God. And how do we bring healing to the nations? through salvation the same salvation that's been given to us let's stand to our feet just have the worship team up thank you lord thank you for your river oh god that flows and your anointing that flows oh god i thank you father that even now your hand is mightily upon this house and lord my heart breaks for people that are so dry so dry god so dry right now across this auditorium if you're dry right now why don't you just lift up your hands to god right where you are just lift up your hands say lord i need that water i need that river let it flow over me let it just flow now let it flow and the bible says it says you have forsaken your first love repent and look at the height from which you have fallen and return amen So, Lord, we just ask you right now, Lord, to restore and return us to our first love. And we ask your forgiveness, Lord, where we have neglected you, where we have even walked our own path, made our own cisterns that do not hold water. Because, Lord, we want to flow the very river of God through our beings. Lord, not only will we have incredible joy, as we draw water from the well of our salvation. But Lord, we'll be able to give away this living water and other people will never thirst again. Let our lives be a well that's fresh, not stopped up. Let our lives be filled with the fresh water. And tonight, if there's wells in this place that are stopped up, Lord, I ask that you would flow water right now and unstop every well. Lord, I pray that you would just let a deluge of water come down over your people right now. And all the stuff that's come to stop up their wells, all the things that the enemy has done and they've done to themselves to stop their wells, Lord, let it be washed in Jesus' name. Lord, wash us clean. Cleanse us, God. Wash us white as snow. Wash us white as snow tonight. In Jesus' name. I've asked Jamie.